0: Hey guys, hey ladies, hey friends, hey foes. We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing your little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. Cause I'm a Welcome back to another episode of Done Playing by the Rules. As you know, I'm Jenna. And I'm Janelle. Well, I hope you know by now. Jenna's like, as
1: you know, I'm Jenna, (laughs) a local celebrity of. Um, Even though I walked in. Yeah. I walked in and my husband was
0: listening to our podcast this morning. And I was like, oh, what are you listening to? And he was like, seriously? And I was like, yeah, what are you listening to? It was me talking and I didn't even realize it.
1: I was like, oh. I don't catch it sometimes too when I'm listening to it. I'll I'll re-listen to them and be like, that's a smart point. Yeah. That's me. That's me saying that. I because I, I completely forget about mm-hmm. it after we record it. My brain just goes like, like you and I always joke, like take in the information, leave it in mm-hmm. there, and then delete it to make room for new information. Like as soon, I, that's why I type my notes on these podcasts as soon as we're done because it yeah. leaves within twenty minutes.
0: Yeah. Well, even the other day when you said you were feeling kind of off, I was editing one. And you were talking about some stuff you do. And I was like, hey,
1: here's advice from yourself. And you did it. (laughs) That I didn't remember. Yeah. So you guys listening to this, we're listening to it for the first time with you also because we don't remember it at all. (laughs)
0: Or we'll get so chaotic and caught up that we forget our
1: own advice. Or like last night, Josh was talking to me and he was like, So-and-so doesn't listen to your podcast. Like one of – he was telling me about one of his relatives listens to the podcast and figured out like something like that was going on via like something I had said. And I was like, I don't remember saying anything about that. He's (laughs) like, well, you must have said it on the podcast because so-and-so told so-and-so that you said it. And I was like, this is getting weird. Oops. Well, I had to talk to my husband last night because this episode is about fidelity. And Jenna is super nervous and I love that for her. But I had to check in with Josh and be like, can I say this? Can and I say this, how do you feel about this? Is this okay? And he'd be like, mm, yeah. I mean, Josh has like literally no limits, but a couple of them, he was like, you're saying that in a way that's like not really true because that's how you are. Like I like to like inflate things to make them more exciting. And I like, love it. I t- mean, tone it down I'm a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm nervous. I just, I guess when you said
0: fidelity, of course, that's like an uncomfortable topic and it's like, mm-hmm. ooh, ooh. you're going to make me think. I don't want to think.
1: You're thinking. I have actually literally read like the couple articles that I'm going to reference a lot in this. I've had to read them like three times because it is so like mind bending because like fidelity in what we all assume is a partner that is your only partner that is monogamous and they fulfill all your needs and you don't even look at other people. So there's an old monogamy and new monogamy that I'm going to talk a lot about. And so like okay. that's the 1950s like version of monogamy was like your partner is your all being. Your specialness as a person comes from the success of your marriage. It's very interesting how it's morphed into the new monogamy of today. And I'm Ooh, just, like I like s- it. I've been reading books on this stuff for as long as I can remember because I've always loved it. And I personally do not think that human beings are meant to be monogamous. I think I choose to be monogamous and my husband chooses to be monogamous, but I don't think human beings as a creature are designed to be fully monogamous beings. And so I've obsessed with reading the theories of like how we have forced ourselves into monogamy as a way of like protecting ourselves and protecting our young.
0: Ooh, I can't wait to hear it. So let's give a little background. I've been married going on 10 years. We sh- had a quick – Little whirlwind dating into marriage, all within pretty much a year. I've only been married once,
1: and that's about it. It's kind of boring on my end. And right Brandon's now. only been married once, correct? Yes, yeah, he's only been married once as well. So. so Josh has been married once before me, and they were married, I think, for like two to four years. And he was super young; I think he was like twenty-two, and they were divorced when he was like twenty-four. And I think she was she was ten years older than him. So I think she would have been like thirty two to thirty four. And it was And no kids, right? No kids. No kids kids, and everything was like very cut and dry. Like when they decided to divorce, like she, I, from the, from what I've heard, there's always two versions to every story. Mm -hmm. From what I've heard, she just said like, I want to divorce, or they've decided they wanted a divorce. She came home from one business trip and left the papers on the Island and he signed them and then left. And like, they just never saw each other. They both signed the papers and then like never spoke again. Was there a big argument or just like just like a lot of like little stuff leading up to it. It was like Josh thought he's told me he thought that when he was 22, you get married to someone because at that time, Josh didn't want kids. Mm. And when Josh and I, if you've listened to the program before, you know that when we went on our first date, Josh was like, I'm not sure I want to have kids. And he didn't want kids for sure at that time. And he thought you get married to someone to travel and just like have fun, which Mm -hmm. you can. Yeah. But he realized like you can't just base like a lifelong commitment on traveling and having fun Mm. all the time. And then things started to change and their careers kind of started to go different ways. And then she started mentioning wanting kids and he was like, we kind of agree that wasn't gonna happen. And he was just said like, they just completely like started to like diverge on different paths. Mm. And so it sounds like it was, I mean, it's as cut and dry as a divorce can get from what I've heard. Um, I've never met her to be like, how do you feel about it? But when we went to get married, we couldn't get married in the church because we couldn't even find her. So like there's no leftover residual anything from her except for like when Josh is like, you're my ex-wife and I'm like thank you, but he doesn't even mean it in a mean way. like yeah. she has a lot we Josh has a type. She and I have some similarities that I don't find insulting. <laughs> Wait, so why couldn't you get married in the church? Well, if you're if you have a if you're divorced, you can't get married in the Catholic Church. So oh. he was divorced and unless we could prove that it was an annulment, you can't get married in the Catholic church, which like, I don't okay. really care that much about because I wasn't like diehard Catholic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I liked being Catholic, but, and when they I were like, nah, yeah, if you're Catholic and you're divorced, you can't get married in the church and you can't like lie about it. Cause like, why would you, I've heard yeah. people do lie about it. Like oh, I'm you sure. Could technically, la- like I could have just been like, "No, we've never been married before. I got married in the church, but like, then Jesus, the guilt. what? No, yep. but whatever. Yeah, and then you've been <laughs> uh, married one zero. Yep, just this one. Zero. zero times. <laughs> I do what I want. No, yes, I am just married this one time, and we've been married. We got married in thirteen, and okay. so ho- however many years thirteen is from twenty one. <laughs> Eight. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Eight in October. what was the time difference between first marriage and second marriage for Josh? Over 10 years. So I
1: I met Josh, I think he was – because he's 41 now. Oh, I guess. Yeah, about just about 10 years because I was 28 when I met Josh. So he would have been 32, so almost exactly 10 years. But he would have only been divorced for like six, I think. That's a long time. Josh was living with someone when we met. And so I didn't know that. you didn't know that? Mm-mm. I didn't know that either. Huh? Mm. And then <laughs> Josh's best friend's wife was like, uh if you really have feelings for Janelle, you need to tell her the truth about what's going on. They were broken up but still living together. Oh, that's and- different yeah well, allegedly I mean like yeah. how broken up I if I was still living with someone how broken up would we be right like very convenient and so his so he told me he was like yeah just so you know like my roommate is actually like my ex-girlfriend and she had a child that was living in the house too But and, not, his. not his but like they vacationed as a family with like my mother-in-law and stuff so like it was a marital type situation but they had already been been broken up, and it wasn't his child. And I think he still has like good feelings for the the child. I but okay. there's no like Aww. relationship. Yeah. Okay. So
0: tell us where you guys stand in terms mm-hmm. of fidelity. As much as you want to share in terms of what has happened, to or share it all. you know what well, I mean. Gonna like, keep what it- has
1: happened and what. Uh Uh-huh. We've never had a cheating incident. However, I have made it abundantly clear that Josh and I talk all the time about it because we are products of divorced parents, both of us. And Josh comes from a family with a lot of infidelity. I come from a family with a little bit of infidelity and without getting into anybody's business. Josh had, especially when we were dating, a ton of insecurity about infidelity, like Mm -hmm. a ton. Like If I didn't answer my phone, he'd be like, what's where are you? like he would get worried. And he now is like very like secure and calm. However, he and I's feelings on fidelity is, I have always said, because Josh travels and I'm not unrealistic. <laughs> so I've always said, if you cheated on me, I would probably be able to forgive you. I would want to not have to be it be a person I know, and I also would never forgive you if it resulted in a child so he has always known that like since day one and that's always how i felt um i hope you don't cheat on me i tell him but if you did i could probably come back from it josh unequivocally could not come back from infidelity in his so if i cheated on josh he would never be able to forgive me and he would want to end our marriage so we have different views in that regard but we also talk openly about the fact that like if we were to end up divorced because Children that come from divorced homes have a 50% chance of divorcing. And people that have had previous marriages have higher divorce rates. So even Josh's previous marriage adds a little bit to us. We talk openly about what we would do and what our plan would be if we were to divorce. And that strictly comes from which I've talked about on the soulmate episode. I feel that Josh is my soulmate, but I also don't come from a place where I necessarily believe that someone is your partner for your entire life. I feel like For me, that feels like a property standpoint. And in reading more and more about what we'll talk about in terms of old monogamy and new monogamy, I don't always think the vows you make on your wedding day are the vows that take you through to the end, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, There's so much renegotiation that has to happen that I think that sometimes in the renegotiations, you realize like it's negotiating a business deal. Sometimes you get realize you get to a point where like there's no more renegotiation to be had. However, we are currently in one of the happiest stages of our marriage and one of the most secure stages of our marriage, but we spend a lot of time apart. And there are lots of opportunity for other temptations to come in. So there's no part of me that ever feels like I am standing on solid ground. Either mm-hmm. of us are. But I'm okay with that because that's yeah the type of personality I have. Like I know that there's always – could be something around the corner. And I don't ever think about it or worry about it for some reason. So I think it's really interesting
0: because we're – I think on definitely different pages. I come from- I love when we're on different pages. I know. (laughs) Brandon's parents are still married. My parents are divorced. I was a lot like Josh, and I still am very insecure Mm -hmm. about cheating. And I think that comes from, I know that comes from the fact that my dad traveled all the time. My parents were a wonderful couple. And I remember asking my mom- I must have been in like high school. And I was like, do you ever worry, because dad travels all the time, that he cheats? And my mom was like, absolutely not, never, no. And then what ends up happening is my dad ends up cheating. And he denied it until his dying day, even though <sighs> there was proof. I even stumbled upon proof, not on purpose, multiple times. Mm. There was proof even that he cheated on the person he cheated on my mom with. (laughs) So it was like the fact that he never would admit, and I outright even asked my dad and he was like, no. So he even lied to me. And to me that like really put some insecurities on me. And I'm very open with Brandon about it. And so I'm not the one that's going to like sneak around and be like, who are you talking to? And then like, if he doesn't answer me, like go look at his phone. Like, I'm like, no, you need to show me like I'm feeling this way. And he knows that. And the fact that, he accepts that about me and doesn't like yell at me like you don't trust me. Like he knows where I'm coming from and everything. And we've been very open with each other. When we got engaged, I had two people basically profess their love and asked me to leave Brandon and run off with them. And I debated telling him, and I was like, no, I would want to be told. And he did struggle yeah. with like a little bit of jealousy and like you know, <laughs> you you could have <laughs> like yeah and. I think that made our relationship more secure. I don't struggle that much right now because he's home all the time. Uh, (laughs) But I do. Yeah. And I think sometimes he sees my questions as like, I'm just really curious all the time. I'm always asking questions like, who is this? Well, where does she live? Well, what does she look like? Does she have kids? And it's more, I'm curious. Like I ask it about his male colleagues and friends as well. But I think sometimes he's like, Like sometimes he'll be like, "You don't have anything to worry about." I'm like, "No, I just really want to know like who you work with." Yeah, exactly. So my questions for you are: one, do you feel like like I totally get you guys coming from different stances on fidelity? I don't think Brandon really struggles with jealousy because I tell him everything and more. But do you feel like it gives Josh like semi permission? To
1: cheat like does I have thought about yet? that too um I do think it does honestly but okay. I do not think I'm giving him permission because I feel like if he's gonna cheat on me he's gonna cheat on me with or without my permission and so it's even more- if you said like we're we will leave we're done No, I don't. I think that because has that threat ever prevented anyone from cheating? Like, I think that 90% of women probably say, if you ever cheat on me, I'll leave you and ruin you. It's never stopped someone. It's never stopped anyone. And so I feel like, yes, it's giving him permission. I think about that all the time. I'm like, am I just saying, like, Mm -hmm. when you travel to Vietnam, go ahead? Like, I don't think that me saying, like, try it and I'll ruin you is going to mm-hmm. change it, if that makes sense. And I know that I have it. Like, yeah. And I have a very obscure, I don't, I've never met anybody that sees it the same way as me. I just have like this really secure attachment with like myself in mm-hmm. that if Josh makes a poor decision he's going to have to figure out how to fix it. And it's not on me. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to figure out how that worked the other day. And then I was reading some more articles. So on these two books that I've read multiple times, and it was just saying like old monogamy is based on if the relationship is successful, then both partners see themselves as a reflection of that relationship and that it's successful. I have never tied my self-worth to my relationship and its success. In any way. And so I think that helps me feel more comfortable in being like, if you cheated, I could probably forgive you. I mean, I wouldn't want it to be with the neighbor that I have Mm -hmm. to see all the time. And I also, and I've told him like part of the reason my good friend Josh has a vasectomy is I was like, if you ever produced a child with someone else, we would have big problems Mm -hmm. because that to me is too far. So yes, I'm giving, I'm basically giving him permission, but I don't think I'm giving him any permission that he doesn't already have just as someone that travels as much as he does.
0: So what is traveling, I guess, have to do with it? Like, do you feel like you would feel different if he didn't travel?
1: Ooh, I don't know. I've never had to like really think about. Well, now you do. No, I do. I know. But that's what what we were talking about last night is he was like, um, he said, most people cheat. And he said, my guy friends that cheat. And anybody listening to this, it's none of your husbands, just so you know. These are obscure guy <laughs> friends that like, I don't know your wife. Everyone's and, panicking, like, texting. They're like, oh my God, what have you done? It's none of y'all's husbands, just so you know. But like, these are obscure friends. You know, Josh has this huge network of people that he knows from all different um facets of the automotive world and this and that. It's none of my, none of y'all's husbands that I, that were texting. So, (laughs) um, but he says any man that I know that is cheat, that cheats is one of three reasons, primarily emotional. So he said most men Mm -hmm. cheat for an emotional and women cheat for an emotional need and Mm -hmm. someone's not paying attention to them or they feel neglected or they feel, um, that their marriage is just not what they thought it was going to be, or they miss feeling like the shit, quote unquote. Like they just miss somebody like feeling like, whoa, this guy's really awesome and whatever. However, Josh said, because I am not an emotional person, which is true. Anyone that knows Josh knows that he doesn't make emotional decisions and is not an overly emotional person. Josh's reasons <laughs> narcissist Josh's reasons for cheating classic narcissist reasoning <laughs> Josh is not emotional the reasons he would cheat would be the love of the game which he explained to me I'm a f- I'm getting older I'm seeing my life kind of starting to pass me by Would I want to know if I could still pull the hottest (laughs) chick in the room so that's one of them and the other one was new and he said new meaning which i attached another word to new which like if you listen Mm -hmm. to rap you know what it is New meaning the excitement of something that has no love, no emotion, and no attachment, just pure like animal instincts and then like never see the person again. And so those would be his two reasons for cheating. And he said – he's like, I am out at bars and if I'm talking to a woman, I know – I see men hide their wedding rings. And he says, I have never taken off my wedding ring. And I, even though I never wear mine, he says, I never take off my wedding ring. And if someone comments on my wedding ring, I say, I'm extremely happily married, like emotionally and our life together is everything I want. Nothing would ever change that. So I would never take off my ring. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I see guys take off their ring and pretend not to be married. And that to me tells me that there's more of a marital issue there. And less of a – like more of an emotional need there. Like I wish that I could just erase this part of my life. And he's like, I've never taken off my ring. Yeah. Interesting. So now my second question. question. (laughs) Yes.
0: My second question. Do you struggle that he doesn't feel the same way about forgiving you if you were unfaithful?
1: Yes and no. So (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> These are such good questions. God, it's like you—it's like you went to journalism school or something, uh,
0: something like that.
1: <laughs> um, I feel, and but he's—we've uh, always had the same feeling since the beginning. He is way more nervous about. I'm trying to think of the way to word it. He's just always been the more insecure connection in the relationship. So we broke up. And we were apart for two months. So we dated for like a year and we broke up for two months. He already had bought my engagement ring prior to us breaking up. We got back together. He gave me my engagement ring within like six days of us getting back together. Asked me to marry him. Like just gave it to me. And then I went to work one day within a week of us getting engaged and left my phone at home. And I'll have to ask Josh for permission to share this. He went through my entire phone And because we had only been back together for like six days, I don't delete texts and I don't ever have a lock on my phone. And he went through and read all the texts that I had been sending with all the guys that I had dated in the two months that we were broken up. And it was like the worst moment of my life because he showed up and- his, I'm sure. I'm sure. But he showed up and handed me my phone at work and was like, I read everything. And I was like, okay, well, that's my phone and you made a choice to go into it. None of those relationships are persisting. Like we're engaged. I'm sorry that you made such a masochistic choice to go through and hurt yourself like Mm -hmm. that. But I'm also sorry I didn't delete it because I just never, I never think like that. I'm not the type of person that would ever be interested enough to go into Josh's phone. Mm-hmm. It's just not how my brain works, so I never thought to delete it. And so Josh got to read all the escapades. And I'm I sure was there on. was
0: I'm sure there was something going on with him and somebody else in that time. But yeah. you know, it's that, that thought of you look hard enough, you will find something. Even if it's mm-hmm. somebody not being faithful, you'll find something you don't like. So yeah. I don't know. Brandon and I are very honest about – like, there's been times where I've heard his phone ding, 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 and I'll just, like, go and look, and I'll tell him. I'll be like, your phone was dinging. I looked at it. I don't hide it, but I don't go snooping through his phone because I know that I can skew things. I can make things (sighs) – not appear, but you know what I
1: mean? Like, I can find stuff. Like – well, you can also find I stuff like, like – would Brandon and Josh like everything that you and I write back and forth to each other? Oh, exactly. I mean, no. I, I truly don't think they would probably care because they know no. what we say. Like this morning – literally, Josh texted me this morning and I thought it was you and wrote back like it was you and he was like, this is Josh. Who are you replying to? And I was <laughs> like, well, I have Josh work in my phone so it shows JW and then I have uh-huh. Jenna Wilson in my phone so it shows JW and yep. I thought you were Jenna. And so I was like, he's like, well, you didn't think it was weird that I called you sexy? And I was like, Genesis gives no, shit sometimes. Like, I don't think about what Genesis ever. But, like, if you dig deep enough in a phone, there's always gonna be something you don't wanna find, whether oh, yeah. it's my husband's gross thread that he's on with his friends where they're like sending God knows what pictures to each other. Like, I don't want to see any of that because that's not my husband. That's Josh Borgstrom with his friends. That's not my husband. My husband is the person that interacts with me and our kids. The guy that hangs out and talks trash with his friends is a different person. Mm -hmm. And I don't really like to like intervene.
0: No, I agree. And I feel like
1: if if you have the
0: feeling like you need to snoop, you need to have a different conversation with yourself and your spouse or your partner. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I've felt that when I feel insecure and just being open and honest. And then if the person gets defensive, either they're not hearing you and what you're saying and meeting your emotional needs, or maybe there's something else that they're are hiding. Cause that's kind of Brandon how with
1: ever does Brandon ever get defensive of you wanting to see his phone or looking at his phone? Like at not the even very defensive, beginning. does he ever
0: just get like, ugh, Jenna, get over it? At the very beginning, I've never asked to see his phone, but at the beginning, it would be like, well, who are you texting? Who is this? You know, stuff like that. And then when I explained it to him, and he also was there when I was going through – my parents were newly divorced when we got together. And okay. so like my wedding was like the first big event they were there together. He kind of went through all of that and saw what he it did. He was like – living in the trauma mm-hmm. with you. And it went. Yeah. It impacted my brother in the same way. And I think my brother's been very open about it. And so I think Brandon realizing like, this is something they both went through. Um, and I've told him like my, I, I think it would have been a little different if my dad didn't lie to my face multiple times. I think that would have been a whole other mm. conversation of forgiveness and let's move on. And thank you for trusting me with that. But the fact that he didn't was... I think and that's a huge thing.
1: thing that I've read a ton, a ton, a ton about in these two books that I'll reference, which are, um, I'm in the middle of reading Mating in Captivity. If you haven't listened, there was a podcast that Esther, Esther, which is always hard for me to say, Esther Pearl, P-E-R-E-L. Wait, is that how you
0: say it? I always say Esther. I think it's Esther. I'm going to say Esther. Pull okay, Let's say
1: Esther Pearl. <laughs> Esther Pearl. Um, I think she pronounces hers differently. Anyways, she has a podcast that I used to listen to that was really good. Now, whoever edits this episode has to edit. So it sounds like I'm smart. She has a podcast that's really good. But also, so Mating in Captivity is the book I'm reading right now. And it is, Can We Desire What We Already Have? Does Good Intimacy Always Make for Hot Sex? And it's all of the, she's had 40 years of couples couples counseling. And so she just goes through like case after case after case and explaining why marriages and partnerships start to erode and how it always like leaks back to some childhood or early mm-hmm. childhood development or even adolescent. And so I think what we all need to take away from this is, and in any article you read is going to tell you like the infidelity can almost always be healed if complete and utter honesty is brought to the situation. Mm -hmm. every lie that is put on top of the infidelity adds a huge weight to the chance that the family or the marriage or the relationship collapses. So that makes sense. That's why um, open marriages tend to be functional so long as it is always discussed up front and no sneaking around happens because Mm -hmm. infidelity can be tolerated and can be built off of if utter frank honesty comes after. And every time you lie, you cut your chances in like half of Mm -hmm. redeeming the qualities. And so what you come from is a place of dishonest infidelity that was just, I cannot imagine being lied to my face about an infidelity that I have proof of from a parental figure. If you look at child psychology and think of the 19 different ways that would affect a psyche, that is something that mm-hmm. your your response honestly is very low grade in my opinion. Yeah. your distrust is very low grade for what you saw. I think
0: also um, so I was in between houses when my dad decided to leave my mom and so I was in college and so I was waiting for we were moving into a duplex so I was waiting for it to be built. And it was being built – and it was going to be done in December. So I was like, I'm just going to live at home for those first few months. And so I was living at home when all of this happened. And so it felt like my dad left me too. Yes. And so I'm like, well, if you're not cheating, then why? And he couldn't really give me an answer. And I think Ugh, that having that, that unanswered – you know, yes. And then it's like, okay, I found out he really did cheat. Because I told my mom later like what happened and she was just like, it's your dad's story to tell. And I, I was like, I asked him and she was like – Well, what did you ask? And I was like, I asked if he's cheating. And she's like, What did he say? Because she knew, she already knew everything. And I was like, He said no. And she was like, Are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, What? And that's what she told me. And then, I mean, I was living at home. So I found stuff on the family computer and evidence once he moved into his, once they were separated and he claims he met her. There was a lot to go on (laughs) that there was definitely this has been longer than. And she let a lot of things slip once I met her. And I think, also, with the whole Brandon situation that I should touch on to be completely transparent is if you've listened to previous episodes, you know he struggled with alcoholism. And a lot of times, alcoholics are plain and simple addicts. And mm-hmm. when they give up one addiction, they replace it with another. So yes. when Brandon gave up drinking, he something in his body was like, I need to fill this void. So he started getting secretive about buying things. And it was things that I wouldn't have said no to, but like some of them were a big deal. Like when he collects guns and he bought a gun, and I was like, I think I need to know about that. And he would lie about it or send it to his work address, you know, and stuff like that. (laughs) And so then it was like, we were dealing with that also. And so you add in my parents plus his drinking. Now we're lying about something else. And he's always been very faithful and honest, except when he was first recovering from drinking, honestly, he he lied a lot. And we went to therapy, went to couples counseling, he went to individual counseling and AA. And apparently that's very, very common. Super common. Mm-hmm. And so then the first time that he slipped up drinking, he lied about it. And so now I'm dealing with all this stuff with my dad and then I'm seeing this whole other side of Brandon. And I'm like, you know, I can't separate the two. And he's been Well they're great almost and very overlapping
1: honest. too. Right.
0: And so, when I say like he is very honest with me and trusting, I think it's also because we've gone through these big hurdles of where he was lying. And it wasn't something that was a huge deal. It was like little lies. But in the grand scheme of things, things when you're lied to a lot, you don't really put a level on. You know, that was something that he had to work through. And he also, he always says, like, part of the reason I have to be um, so open with you and everything and like over almost like overshare is because of something I did in the past. And he accepts that. And he just says like, Mm -hmm. that's my cross to bear and he's okay with it. And it's really, it honestly has strengthened our relationship that he's so like honest and trusting, even when the light's not the best on him. So (laughs)
1: yeah, he is the best.
0: Yeah. But you know, they've also said that like, you know, our, our couples therapist said at one point, like men never really want to stop being seen as like the hero, kind of like what you were describing. Even if you're married for 20 years, they still want their wife to be like, oh my gosh, you're the most handsome man. You're the absolute best. You're my savior. You're my hero. Mm -hmm. Like this, basically this God versus women want to just feel secure and safe and loved. Mm -hmm. Men want to be almost like idolized. And so when they mess up or something, sometimes they'll develop these bad behaviors because they want to hide that part of them. So Brandon's like struggling with giving up drinking and figuring out how to replace not that habit or whole, but you know what I mean? Like he gave up something huge in his life that he clearly had a true addiction to and he didn't know how to fill that void, but then he didn't want to admit that he was struggling. So then he lies. And that's yeah. so common with men.
1: Well, and it's another part of what you just said is they want to be seen as like the hero in the night in shining armor is Think about how we were with our husbands when we were dating. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, you're the greatest. Oh, please. Like, Josh came in and was everything I wanted. And we started Mm -hmm. traveling and everything was great. And we had all this new freedom. And then now he comes home and he walks in the door. And I'm like, take out the fucking trash. (laughs) One of your kids just shit on the floor. I need a break. I need a nap. Like that's what he walks into when he used to walk into like, oh, my love, Mm -hmm. I uh, can't believe it. you've come back to me. (laughs) Like it's a lot. And so when Josh said that in the thing about his reasons for cheating would be to be seen as like the man again, I get that because a lot of being seen as the man is taken away when you're married for. X amount of years, you got a bunch of little kids running around pooping in their pants and Mm -hmm. breaking stuff. Like A lot of it is psyched away. And then he goes out into the world and then there's going to be these women that see him and are like, Mm -hmm. oh, hey, like this guy. And Josh comes across and is someone that has a high income, which is alluring to some women who don't realize how much work goes into being married to Josh. But he comes across as someone that can really change your life. If Mm -hmm. you're a woman and looking for that type of relationship and he's super fun, he's super outgoing, he likes all the fun stuff. And so to meet him in a bar, he might get something from a woman in compliments. Maybe we're in a bad week and he's not getting that from me. Mm -hmm. And so... That's another part of what you said. And like men like to be seen as this hero. And guess what? Being in the nitty gritty of raising little kids, you're not getting that hero status very much.
0: (laughs) Well, and here's another part of infidelity that I kind of wanted to ask you about. So I think I have made it known to Brandon, like you cheat on me, you're in the ground kind of thing. And
1: he – That's going to be used in the murder trial. That's (laughs) it. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect.
0: You've already seen. I have my plot ready. I've seen it. Jenna digs
1: a grave once in a while just to keep him in his. I said I showed it to my aunt. She was like, "Hell yeah, I like her." And so the cheating aspect. I understand how people come back from that.
0: Couples come back from it. I think my biggest fear is being left and being second. So having my spouse be unfaithful and then choosing the other person. And I think that's the part that scares me the most because I don't think I would be able to do... If I had to, I could do it on my own, right? I don't want to. Brandon has been through everything from losing parents to sick parents to everything in between part of my parents' divorce. And so having to do all that over again and having to train another husband and father would be a lot of work. Um, And just the fear of of being left especially I don't know about you but I get nervous being a stay-at-home mom when I first got married I have said on here before like I made the money I bought the house everything was in my name now a lot is in my husband's name and sometimes that scares the shit out of me um I've had gas yeah. and internet put in my name because I was like I can't have nothing and I have my own car but I don't know. I think that's like scary Josh to me. said that
1: to me literally last night because as you guys may or may not know, I don't know when this episode will come up, but I'm having surgery on Wednesday and I said to Josh – like Josh and I were talking and I was like, okay, just to refresh since our will isn't up to date, I'd like to re-go over how I want the children raised if I'm not here. And he was like, well, we also need to have like a real meeting because like you don't know – anything about any of our bills. I haven't paid a bill since we've been married. Like Josh Mm -hmm. does all of it. He gets me like a credit card in my name here or there. So I'll have credit. But like, Mm -hmm. he's like, my business partner knows more about my finances, our finances right now than you do. And he's Mm -hmm. like, we need to have a, like how Jenna talks about like their fire safety plan. He's like, if something happens to me, we have to have a plan because I don't even know if you'd know how to keep the lights on in the house. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that I have to find an electric bill and pay it, but he's like, what's our electric company? And I'm like, I have not the slightest clue. Like, mm-hmm. And that's a very real fear because the thing we do in our relationships is dole one thing to one person and one thing to another person without like overlapping at all. And like- mm-hmm. Josh doesn't know who any of my kids' doctors are. And the idea of them leaving you for another person isn't scary to me for some reason. But I can see why it would be scary to you because mm-hmm. you watched it happen. You lived it real time. And mm-hmm. you were dealing with trust issues with your personal partner at that time. Mm-hmm. Like you had so many compounding traumatic stress and dishonest events happening that I can f- completely see that. But yeah. if Josh left me for someone else, I wish there was a part of me that would be – I mean, I'm sure – let's just say that like five years from now, this doesn't age well, and I'm like boiling rabbits and dropping them off at his, <laughs> him and his new wife's house. I just feel like if he left me for someone else, like that's her problem because that would show to me – That's his pattern. And so if she chooses to jump into that pattern, that's her. I guess I just feel so secure and happy with how things
0: are and knowing the struggles I've gone through and how Brandon helped me. I think that's scary to me as well as my dad got remarried and it didn't go well for my brother and I. Yeah. And so I think even though we were adults, it did not go well and I didn't have that time with my dad. I had a lot of great time with my mom, but then I worried about my mom and like, I just don't want to put my kids through that. I don't want my kids to either worry about Brandon or I, because when you're the kid, no matter your age and you have a single parent and you're not with them, you do worry about
1: them. When I was in college, I worried about my mom being alone. And I was literally just talking to my art therapist about that yesterday. Like when whatever parent, cause we had the, we, the kids stayed at one house and the parent would come and go. Mm -hmm. when my parents were first divorced, and I was like, I always worried about the other Mm parents at the cabin. Like, I was always – like, you don't want to put that on a kid, and that comes on a kid because they're so used to seeing you as a part of the family dynamic. Right. And then all of a sudden, you seem like you're cast off on your own, even though you're a fully functional, independent adult. The kid worries about the parent they're not with, and we both lived it. And so I completely resonate with that. And then
0: when I would go visit my dad, my dad moved in with his girlfriend who then they got married and it always felt like her house. And so I never felt like I would go visit my yeah. dad. It was like I was visiting her and then she would almost like steal the show and hog all the time with my brother and I. And it like there were so many times where we're like, we just want to hang out with dad. Yeah. And I felt like we really robbed those last couple of years that we had him because it was like that. And I just don't want to put my kids through that. So I guess it's like a lot of my insecurities plus Brandon's history and past. So yeah, we're kind of stuck. And he just got a tattoo for me. So I told my grandma, I was like, that's a really big commitment that he's getting a tattoo for me. And she was like, don't you think your marriage was a big commitment? And I was like, oh yeah, grandma. And she was like, but don't worry. She was like, as long as I'm alive and she's Going on 87. She was like, as long as I'm alive, if he tries
1: to leave anywhere, I'm going to go get a lock and I'm going to chain y'all together and throw away there the key. Go. I was yeah, like, okay, great. So you guys are so open and like your communication is so good. Like you guys have nothing to worry yeah. about. I'm just such a realist about this stuff that I always prepare myself for the worst. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of that probably honestly probably takes away from me actually like being fully happy and fully secure because I'm always like one toe is staying on the safe dock. I never let myself to like let myself into fully experience like comfort and joy and bliss because always in the back of my mind is like, what's going on? Like, is this the end? Oh, yeah. Is this the end? But I've always been like that since a kid. Like I told mm-hmm. Josh, I was like, I took so many pictures of my dad because I knew in my mind he wouldn't be alive forever. That if you look at a lot of the pictures of my dad, it looks like tr- like a tribute Even though he was alive and healthy because I always knew he wouldn't be there one day. And that's how I feel about Josh. I always feel like there's a chance Josh won't be there one day. So I try to like Mm -hmm. think of it in terms of like this could be temporary. Like let's enjoy it for everything it is if it is temporary.
0: Well, I mean – and don't think I don't have like a if shit hits the fan plan in my head that I've completely planned out. And I've told Mm -hmm. Brandon it. Like whether it's (laughs) something happens to him or he leaves us or whatever, I – I have that backup plan
1: because that's what Josh said. He was like, what do you, know, what you. Do you do? it is what trauma does to you. He goes, what are you going to do? If I, if something happens to me, you don't know even like who mows our lawn. And I was like, well, I'd move to a townhouse or an apartment where they do everything for you. And he's mm-hmm. like, you don't even know how to sell a house. And I was like, uh, I know how to find a realtor. And he's like, Oh my God. Like you don't, you would get fully taken advantage of. I didn't know one of those like second mortgage scams that they do to old people where you give away your house and you don't realize it. Yep. (laughs) Tell him Jenna's done it and she's got got my back. Yep. Fine. Okay. So let's touch real quick. Did you have any more questions for me?
0: No, but I do just want to say that I love that you guys are both so honest, but on different pages. I think completely that's cool. And like he respected completely
1: honest. And he even was saying when we were talking the other night, and he was like, when he was talking about the wedding ring thing and like how other guys take off their rings, I was like, Does that mean you're talking to girls in a situation where the option could come to take off your ring? Mm. But like, because he was like, I see other guys, you know, when they're talking to girls, they slip off their rings. And he's like, I have always just been of the mindset, like, I'm happy in my marriage, so nothing's ever gonna change my marital status. So why would I take off my ring? And I I was like, but then like one of the kids was like, I need you to wipe my butt. And I never like circled back to like, yeah. uh, But honestly, if he came to me and was like, yeah, I had a conversation. He's come to me before and been like, yeah, I was talking to this girl at a work meeting and we were all hanging out at the bar having drinks and we were talking about this, this and this. And I was like, again, I'd like to remind you, I don't like you hanging out at bars, (laughs) drinking with girls. This is like pre-pandemic. I don't appreciate you hanging out, drinking with girls at bars. And then he'll like tell me some story about like something she did that I would find interesting. Then I'm like, okay, that is an interesting story, but please stop hanging out with girls <laughs> at bars. And then I yeah. just like go about my day where I know if the shoe is on the other foot, mm-hmm. he would really not like it. We are, we're completely yeah. different. I'm just so realistic and so I'm just, I don't believe human beings are designed to be with one person for their whole lives. And I will keep saying it, even if nobody agrees with me. Um, and so I feel like, and that that brings us to my two little articles I wanted to touch on. So my two books, and I'll link them, are um, Mating in Captivity. And the other one is called, now I'm going to forget it. But luckily, it's, from, it's actually one of these articles is based on it. Oh, it's called Sex at Dawn. Uh, it's kind of long, but it's a book all about like, human beings have only been monogamous creatures since like the industrialization, literally like 200 years, because we realized like we needed one spouse to raise the kids and one person to like provide for the family. So sex at dawn means like go back to the dawn of man. And this idea of like a two person construct is very new if you go back for 150 or 200 of those years, or 400 of those years say we've been monogamous and in these marriages. Before that, like our reptilian brain still sees us 25,000 years. We have probably not been monogamous creatures. And they talk about like monkeys who are our closest ancestors are relationship monogamous, but not sexually monogamous. Hmm. And so, yes, there's a primary relationship but that is not the only sexual relationship. And so saying that human beings are meant to be sexually and emotionally monogamous is a bit of a stretch. There are ways to do it, but it involves a lot of emotional intelligence in terms of negotiating and renegotiating the standard at which you want your marriage to be. So they talk about both of the articles that I'm going to link, talk about old monogamy versus new monogamy. So. Old monogamy focused on the ultimate togetherness. The relationship is the most important. What is special about you is the success of your marriage. So think about like the 1950s housewife. Her only goal was to keep her marriage thriving. And the 1950s husband, like Mm -hmm. you don't dip out on your family or you are shunned by Mm -hmm. the rest of society because the primary... Successfulness was how well you navigated that marriage being the most special part. So new monogamy is each individual is the specialness of the relationship, not the relationship. So my happiness in the relationship and Josh's happiness in the relationship being equal and evolving together is the specialness, not just the fact that we manage to not get divorced by the time we die. New monogamy is this constant evolution and ebb and flow where there's times where I'm less trusting with Josh. For some reason, when I'm pregnant, I get a lot more distrustful of him. And sense. I think it's the hormones, yeah. like, don't leave me and my baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I get a little bit snoopier and I get a little bit more like, what were you doing? Who were you with? What did was there any girls there? We're like right now, I don't know if who he's talked to in months. And so yeah. but the new monogamy is more defined on if we can keep respecting each other and fulfilling each other's happiness versus the old monogamy was the specialness was if infidelity occurs. Then we have been personally betrayed, which has personally betrayed our sense of specialness, which is truly unforgivable. Now they're talking about the new monogamy being we negotiate and renegotiate fidelity as a measure of our commitment to your relationship rather than trying to fulfill our wish for specialness. I'm very into reading about the old monogamy and the new monogamy. And the new monogamy is something that's only come out, I think it was presented in the 1970s and everybody said it was crazy swinger shit. And now like in the 90s to 2000, it became more apparent that people's sexual interests change throughout a marriage people's needs change throughout a marriage think about what your needs are when you have four and five year old kids versus what your needs are going to be when you have 18 and 20 year old kids Mm -hmm. like they're going to be completely different and so evolving and renegotiating versus just these are our marital vows stick to them or else and so I will do 55 more episodes on me going on my soapbox about old monogamy versus new monogamy. But if you're interested in this stuff at all, Sex at Dawn is amazing. And I'll link both books. And then Mating in Captivity is my other one that I'm really into. I like Jen this. Jenna wrote I'm down to a to question. Let's see it. Of
0: course I did. Okay. I love when I'm
1: talking and I can see you write down a question and I'm like, I can't wait to hear what it is.
0: Okay. So you said you do not believe that humans... Are meant to be monogamous, correct? Correct. So my question is, why get married slash do you feel held back because you're monogamous, but you're not meant to be?
1: I think there is no human being that makes it through life without developing some crush or some feelings. If you look at terms of old monogamy, okay, let me finish that one. No human being that makes it through your entire life cycle without developing a crush on another person. Therefore, if you look at it in terms of old monogamy, you are not being faithful if you develop a crush on someone else and don't tell your partner. The rules in what I was reading in this article of new monogamy are that you are open and honest even if you are attracted to or have fantasies about another person. That's... Yeah, I am much. not there. I'm not there, and you're not there. And I don't want my husband to tell me if he has a fantasy about someone else, even though he does. And I keep telling him he t- he has. How do you know? Because he thinks one of our neighbors is super cute, and I keep telling him, I'm like, I'm going to tell her what a creep you are and how you talk about. It. But like, it's become a joke because I also think she's super cute. <laughs> we have two really cute neighbors that Josh is always like teasing about. And I think I'm always like, I'm going to tell her that you're a creepy old man. And like, (laughs) it doesn't ever become a festering thing. But like, I don't think that partners need to be telling each other like, oh, I saw so and so today and he was looking hot. Like that doesn't do anybody a Mm -mm. good service, but that is something they want you to reflect upon if you're looking to some couples choose to do that part. But the three parts were being open and honest, um, tell people about your other relationships, Outside relationships refer to deciding on the limits on the nature of your relationship with other people. Is it okay to share personal? So like, think about this from our relationship. Is it okay to share personal information, intimate thoughts, meeting colleagues for dinner, etc. So you and I share intimate details with each other that we don't share with our husbands sometimes. So are we breaking rules? Are we not being monogamous to our husbands because we're sharing intimate details with each other that we maybe don't share with them? Back to your original question. I do feel that all humans at some point in their marriage feel sexually attracted and want to stray from their partner. I have not come to the place where I have been in a real life situation or tempted to that? Have I like seen guys and been like, damn, yeah, everybody. And I'll say it to Josh. Sometimes I'll be like, "What do I?" Do? well, I obviously I tease them like about like celebrities and stuff, but I'll see a guy sometime and he'll be like, that guy's ripped. I'd love to look like that. And I'd be like, I'd fucking love for you to look like that. Like <laughs> we totally say that stuff to each other and nobody gets their feelings hurt. I understand that would be a bad deal in a lot of marriages, but. I got married, my reasoning for getting married, and I know that this is gonna sound so weird because I don't believe in monogamy, but I also believe in this archaic thing of I wanted to have children with a partner. Mm-hmm. A partner that was in his, as invested in raising the children as I was. And so part of me sees Josh and my relationship as a primary focus of raising these children together as a team. And then we almost have like this second relationship that is us. And so Josh and I raised children very well together. So that is like so that box is so checked that our hardest part is nego- Josh's sex drive is about 400% what mine is. And so our hardest part of our marriage is negotiating and renegotiating and constantly renegotiating my need for alone time and his need for together time. Like Mm -hmm. I like to just sit and have nobody talk to me or touch me for long periods of time. For that to happen, I need my husband to take my children. He would like if we could just be naked touching each other all the time. (laughs) Also, that has to be put on the back burner because we have children. So I always wanted to get married and make a commitment to another person that I wanted to raise children with and we are a perfect match in that nobody's perfect I mm-hmm. yelled at him yesterday for being too like too stern with the kids he yelled at me for being too this with the kids whatever but we're a really good match when it comes to raising the kids we also have a separate relationship which is our relationship which mm-hmm. is not necessarily something that I have always seen as a infinite relationship the children that and us have an infinite family relationship I have no idea if Josh and mine's marriage goes till we die. The idea, obviously, in our vows is that it does, but I do think that there's constant renegotiation. And so I got married because I wanted someone to raise kids with. I do not think that there is any human being that makes it through marriage without having temptation to have sex with another person. It's just how you choose to deal with that. and That is on Mm -hmm. the person. That is on Josh if he decides to take his pants off or not, or that is on me. And I think that there's different levels of infidelity. I think that I would feel really – I think I'd feel really sad if Josh was like having like these really deep emotional conversations with another woman because he doesn't have those with me or anyone else because he's Mm -hmm. unemotional, quote, unquote. So if I found out that he was having these like – I had a really hard day and I had a good cry and I was like, wait, I've only seen you have two tears in my entire time and it was each time I handed – or three tears. Each time I handed you a baby and one tear at my dad's funeral – I'd be really concerned if you if I like went in your phone and saw that you've been crying with some other woman. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that would also be an infidelity to me.
0: A thousand percent. And I think that's a big thing that not every couple agrees on. And we've talked, Brandon and I have talked openly about like emotional cheating is sometimes it depends on who you're talking to, worse.
1: Sometimes than worse. Physical I agree. Cheating. Yeah. Well, that's like and some that's, people say, like, you could, if you kiss, that's worse than having sex. Like, there's some people that believe that mm-hmm. kissing is worse than having sex. Because of I the intimate. Yeah, the intimacy factor and, is a yeah. huge play. And to know that Josh was taking the feelings that I think that him and I share with just each other and giving those feelings to another person, I think would be a lot more hurtful to me than if mm-hmm. he was like, uh-oh, guess what happened? I acci- accidentally – I'd be like, you didn't accidentally do shit. <laughs> My pants just fail. My pants fell off in a hotel that I had booked with this person. I yep. don't know what happened.
0: Okay. So, oh yeah. Did you ever cheat or get cheated on in your past relationships?
1: I cheated in one relationship. That person still doesn't know about it. And so I'm not going to talk about who it was, but it was a very serious relationship and I cheated with his best friend. Technically, me and that person were broken up but he was trying to get back together with me and I was not opposed to the idea. And then I did end up getting back together with him and never telling him, but we were only back together for like a couple months. So I didn't feel that the, had the relationship started to progress towards like a marriage place, I think I would have had to come clean. We literally got back together for like two or three months, like on and off. And I was like, I don't think it's my place to ruin this friendship that came before me. We were on a break, quote, quote, I'm not a friends fan Brakes but I know count, that sorry. I know that one line from friends. Wait, we you're not of, a friends fan? I knew that I knew this was going to come up one day. How are we friends? I don't know cuz I know that you are and I don't get it.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm going to end the call now.
1: <laughs> I got to go. It's been it's been a good friendship. I appreciate you coming. Our relationship is now over. Fidelity over. I can um, finally say I accept all differences. So. <laughs> you really can. I <laughs> watched every episode of Friends. I've never watched another one since. I know. I'm like, <laughs> Zach's always telling me about how Friends is your favorite and how you mm-hmm. want the Lego Friends set. And I'm always like, I don't get it. But I know <laughs> everything that happened in it because I watched the original. Um yeah. when it was on Thursday nights, like I watched it all the way through the finale because it was on before ER. I probably wouldn't have watched it. Yeah. Um it was. but we were on a break. I had a romantic interlude with his best friend <laughs> that he had been best friends with for longer than he knew me. And then we got back together and I never told him and I felt like it was the friend's place. And I still feel like it's the friend's place if that friend wants to tell him. Um, I, I wonder doubt they he still, did. I doubt they're still even friends. Um, oh. Their paths like very much separated. I'm assuming they maybe still talk, but not like that. Before. Yeah. But so that was my one. I think Josh has cheated more so than I have. And I think. People that have cheated more probably have higher tendencies to be distrusting. But I've always felt bad about it, that incident. But like, it's it's kind of like opening an old wound. Like, should I call someone that something happened fif- literally 15 years ago? I think this was like 2008. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> and I'm sorry, to me, a break's a break. A break's oh. a
1: break. That's what I said to Josh when we got back together and he read all those old texts. I was like, dude, we mm-hmm. were full broken up. It's I'm sorry name. plenty of fish was free and I was living my best life. Sorry you had to see that. Like yep. you made a choice to go through my phone. You made a choice to not only go through one text message. Let's just say like I'm being exaggerating and say there were like seven different threads. Like, I'm sorry you decided to read all of that. That was probably unpleasant reading, but I do feel bad that he read it. But he was very crushed.
0: Yeah. See, I wouldn't feel bad. I feel like I'd just be like,
1: Your but fault his, for looking through if you look seen at the date. His, if you would have seen his sad little Josh face. Josh doesn't get sad Josh face. It was it was like watching your kid when you're like, by the way, Aww. your pet's dead. Like he yeah. was very sad. No, I don't know what okay, he thought. I don't so know bad. if he thought I was like volunteering at a convent while I was on my three-month No, you were uh, crying in your room. Springa. No, I was, worry. I was crying, crying about Zero him. minutes. I was like, yep. bye, I'm living my life. Well, because mm-hmm. we were going to get married and then all of a sudden I'm single and I was like, yep. Well, let's see what's been going on.
0: Exactly, and if we do get back together, I gotta—it's all out of my system. Days. So, yep.
1: okay. Well, I don't have any more questions for you. Do you I'm have trying to think else? if I have any more questions for you. I feel like I have a lot more that I'm going to think of when we get off this call. Stay tuned for part two. Yeah. Stay tuned for part two. If there two are more-
0: questions, yes. we'd love to hear them and do a part two on this. Or see I'd also what like you to you hear people's think.
1: opinions in terms of like. Did you come from a home of infidelity? And if you did or didn't, that's irrelevant. Are you, I feel like every person has a less trusting person and a more trusting person. Mm-hmm. Which one are you? And – does our theory fit? Or are you both fully trusting? Are you in an open relationship that works mm-hmm. because you have full honesty? Are you the type of people that like, I know there's people and I've had to say this to Josh, every time I'm pregnant, Josh isn't allowed to go out to eat with women. Like, <laughs> and like, you can't like, he'd be like, Oh, I had a business dinner with this woman from HR, or whatever. I'd be like, "No, no, 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 no. And like now I'm like, uh oh. I mean, I if he tells me he goes out to dinner with a woman, I'm like, can you not? I don't love that but there's like people that's husbands that travel that have a full rule. It's I can't remember if it was a president or a vice president had a rule in his marriage that he uh that he never go out to eat with him and another woman alone. There always had to be a third party there. And so there's people that okay. have all these different rules in their marriage, and we'd love to hear all of them. If you have like a really unconventional set of rules in your marriage, Mm -hmm. first of all, cool. Second of all, everybody keep renegotiating your rules. Don't just assume that your spouse has the same feelings that they had 10 years ago when you got married.
0: Yep. And poly relationships, I don't know if they're becoming more popular or just more acceptable to everybody so people are – coming out. Both of those
1: are written about in the one article that I'll share. It talks about how poly oh, really? relationships have always been there, but now they're becoming more mainstream because mm-hmm. as people renegotiate their boundaries, they realize that they said 50 to 60% of infidelities happen within marriages that are happy marriages. Interesting. So that story Why? right there, because... Over half of married couples are, and this is from the new monogamy article I linked, over half of married couples were not strictly monogamous and the number of clients is growing. The marital affairs could not be explained away as symptoms of a dysfunctional marriage. It says, Nelson (laughs) observes that one major impediment to the view that an affair indicates something is profoundly wrong in the marriage. However, is that 35 to 55% of people having affairs report they were happy in their marriage at the time of their infidelity. They also report good sex and rewarding family lives. So why? So why? I know. So read the article and then it starts talking about how polyamorous people have been aware of this for a long time, that people can be in happy Healthy relationships and still Mm -hmm. need something else. And polyamorous people are like, duh, that's what I've been telling you the whole time. (laughs) And so now they're coming out of the woodwork being like, hey guys, I've been saying this all along. Mm -hmm. Look at me. Like, this is the plan. This is what we got to do. So I think if you read the article, it talks about polyamorous relationships. They're not more common. Maybe it's both. They're more common and they're coming out of the woodwork because they're like, bro, this is – People are accepting this. This works.
0: Yeah. And I think people are just getting more accepted of different
1: relationships. I'm not in the mood for a polyamorous relationship. Are you in the mood for a polyamorous relationship? I mean, I don't like people, so no. So that's just – yeah. I I just am not in the mood to complicate things. And I always Mm -hmm. tell Josh like – I always say like when we joke about how you, me, and like our other friend are going to become sister wives – I'm always like, but like no sex stuff, right? Like, Exactly. I don't want to have to have sex with other people. Like our husbands yeah. aren't getting any more sex out of the sister-wife relationship. No, they just have all. to like hang out with more of us.
0: <laughs> yep. Um, and I'm going to end it with this one too. So I grew up and there was a swingers club. Um, it was a house. And I know my mom's best friend listens to this, Leanne. She can vouch for it. Uh, but it wasn't Leanne's my- house. Oh no! But Let's from clarify. my young memory, <laughs> I believe it was shut down a time or two. As well as my mom and Leanne's husband, me, my brother, and then Leanne's son. We all went to the swingers club one time to check it out. My dad and Leanne stayed behind because they were like, "Y'all crazy!" My brother and I hid in the back seat with a BB gun because that's what you do in the nineties. And the 90s it was were fucked up. Yeah, it was like well known. And, yeah, it was very interesting. You had to have a membership. you had to pay. you we would see them the next day, like at the gas station or something because they would usually spend the night. and it was yeah. it was very interesting. It was well known if I can actually find the article because there was some news stories about it when it got shut down, I will link them up. But swinging and all of that was just like part of our everyday conversation in our house. So that was always like a very interesting topic. I know my parents would always be like, "I could never watch." your dad, like sleep with somebody else. And I feel the same way. I think it takes a whole different group of people, but it's just interesting. Like we had a small town and there was clearly that many people that were not monogamous. Yeah.
1: There was enough people to mm-hmm. populate this part. I mean,
0: cars, like cars upon cars. And I'm pretty sure it was married couples only, but I could be yeah. wrong on that. So I would go to. I always tell Josh
1: I would. I would be totally. I would go to a swingers party, and I would not want to participate, but I would go to watch because I just oh, find yeah. all of that fascinating. But Josh, go, Josh always says, "I don't think you understand like right. what really it entails." He's like, "I think you think it's going to be like a bunch of hot dudes and hot chicks," and he's like, "I don't want you to think that because that's not what um necessarily Leanne has. can
0: attest, it was um,
1: an. Interesting
0: crowd. That it was wasn't the hot, it ours. wasn't
1: just only the hot of the hot of your small town. So uh, uh, I'm sure Leanne anything. is giggling at this episode because, I yeah. went to uh um like there was an SM, like what they called a swingers club, while Josh and I were broken up, and I went to the club just to see what it was about with one of the guys from um Plenty of Fish. And like no, nothing overtly could happen because of the laws, but like you could definitely see people that came in couple and then switched. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. were wearing like a lot of leather and I'm there in like a polka dot dress and like sneakers (laughs) and my go-to dress up outfit. And so I, there are like S&M swingers clubs. If you're into that, like Mm -hmm. Google it and get down with your bad self. Just make sure that you establish with your partner that you both know what your limits are before you go into it.
0: Yeah. I don't think they ever got in trouble for like even having like a dispute, Like you would think somebody would get jealous and there would be some kind of like fight or argument, but I think it was just mm-hmm. – and I could be completely wrong. I'm pretty sure it was against the law. I don't know if it still is. Well, you, well there's I think laws it was like, in
1: terms of like running a business. Also, there's exactly. like a lot of sanitary rules that mm-hmm. aren't always super upheld.
0: Yeah, and they were charging – I think a fee to
1: have this membership. So I think it was just like they were bordering into sex work. Like you need to I pay guess, taxes yeah. on this. Probably had yeah. to pay t- probably weren't paying their fucking taxes on yep. their sex parties. <laughs> yep. But then it.
0: I think they got. I think they got arrested at one point, and then it started back up at another point, but it was smaller. So
1: yeah. Now they're just in people's houses. I guarantee there's one in every one of y'all's neighborhoods that's listening. So uh huh. will exactly. find it. Or a nudist colony, which that's something I would be down for. But that's a whole other thing. You'd be down for that for non-sexual reasons, exactly, because you're just a nudist. You and Josh would be strutting around the nudist colony, (laughs) and I'd be, I'd be in my like nuns habit, like, what the fuck? (laughs) What is wrong with them?
0: So we hope you guys liked that one. And with that, call your therapist
1: and take your meds.